You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. All right. Uh, well, thanks for having me back. I'm not sure how many times I preached at the evening extension. I think this is at least two. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, I got in just, just at the end. Just snuck in there. Awesome. <laughs> it's great. It's really good. Loving it. Um, and half of you guys heard me preach this morning as well. So uh, good job on turning up again. Yeah. Represent Northwest at the back there. That's good. Awesome. Um, so I just want to uh, firstly honour Pastor Earl and Christina. You guys. Yep. Absolutely. You guys have led... You guys have led with excellence and purpose, and it's been, it's been awesome. Your heart to create a space. You know what? At the end of this year, we realised that our church needed this service for the whole year. That's what I've realised. And you guys stepped in and you made a way, like you created the space and you took it on and it was right but it's also right for it to come to a close. So you can focus on your enlarging youth ministry, which is amazing. So I just want to honour you both tonight. It's so good to have people who just go, yep, we'll try it out. We'll, we'll take it for a spin. You know, we'll do 12 months because you, don't, you only know. That's how you know. You, just, you sign up and you go, yep, I'll try it out. And we'll see what happens. And then God moves and you go, oh, wasn't that cool? I got to be involved in that. How awesome is that? Right? But you don't know until you go, yep, I'm in. So thanks for saying, I'm in. You guys are amazing. So bless you. Bless you. I'm not sure if you've ever had like this amazing moment where something goes really, really right. You know, like super right. And you're like so pumped. And all your friends or or, or your work colleagues are just like not as pumped as you. You know, like I'll do this regularly at Baptist Care. You know, I'll have like this phenomenal Excel spreadsheet that will like halve my time and I will share it to the person who hates Excel and, and they will just be like, yeah, that's, that's good, man. Yep. What am I looking at now? And I'll be like de- deflated on the inside. You know, and there's like this dud celebration moment. You know, I remember going to Def Leppard concert, live in concert, Def Leppard, you know, like rocking out. It was the best. It was so good. We're like, me and a mate, we're like there and we're like rocking out. Yeah. We had the second worst seats in the house. Like we were second from the back. Like the wall was like, like this is how far I was from the back wall. There it was. That's, that's about right. Right. And, and me and the mate, and we're like, yeah, we're singing along and I'm singing all the words that I thought were the words. <laughs> 20 years ago and I'm singing all the wrong words and I don't care because I'm just loving being in the moment and we're like in the middle of the second song and we're really enjoying it and the people behind us go, sit down, we can't see. And I'm like, sorry? Like there's like two people who can't stand up and enjoy the celebration of, yeah, Def Leppard, rock it on, you know? Anyway, so we sat down kindly. It's very hard to enjoy a concert when you're like this. Uh, you know, it's not quite, you can't really quite get into it if you're like that. It's a major dud. 
You know what I realised? I realised we don't celebrate well in church. We don't celebrate that well. I think we're getting there. I think we're on a good track. But I want to kind of push us along that track a bit tonight. Because like, even right here, we've had some phenomenal stuff happen in the evening extension service over the year, right? Some great testimonies. Like Pastor Earl, you know? This guy, young punk kid, getting into all the wrong stuff, somehow finds Jesus and ends up as a pastor. Like, what? Like, Pastor Christina, like yours was like, yours really impacted me. Because I was like, I had no idea. I was like, say what? That happened? That really happened? And you were neglected like that? And all of a sudden you found Jesus and now you're a pastor. What is going on here? You two are meant for each other. It was amazing. And we had Tim and Kate sharing their story of their, of their marriage being restored and better than ever now. Like the testimonies were next level, right? And you all got to hear mine, which is a bit, bit of a bore. This, 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 this poor Christian boy just discovers who he is. What a great idea. <laughs> you know, like, like the testimonies have been flowing and they've been flowing at like staff level as well. You know, like we've been uh, talking about what's God, what's God been doing, what's God been doing, it's been awesome. You know, like youth had like double in a day and you like smashed your record, you got your goal and four decisions, right? Like that's cool. That's really, really cool. It's, it's good to talk about the good things that God is doing because someone is not having a good time and they need to hear that God is working and God is active and God is loving and God is involved, Right? Right. But let's be honest, apart from a few claps from the front row, we don't really do that well at celebrating. We kind of go, yeah, like I just shared that four people got saved and a couple of you were like, yay. (laughs) And that was the extent of it. Four people made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, right? On one day, in our church, and we, yeah, and we're like, mm-hmm, mm. yep, yep, it's good. Now, I understand there should be a level of normality about that. People should be getting saved on a regular basis. We shouldn't be surprised when someone gets healed. You know, I love it. Years ago, we were seeing heaps and heaps of healings, and one of the things that the pastors were talking about, we we're like, yeah, but like, it's normal. It's normal. It's normal in the kingdom of God. Yes, it should be normal, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we need to learn how to celebrate, all right? Because when it comes to authentically celebrating a genuine kingdom win, in Australia, I don't know about New Zealand, but in Australia, (laughs) we don't do it so well. Now, now Aussies, we think we know how to celebrate, right? We, We really think that we do. Maybe not in church so well, but you go to a Knights game or a Jets game, or for me, I'm sitting at home watching the Rockets play, and, and one day they might have a good game, and I'll be like, yes! And I'll be as loud as all you Novocastrians who actually like football, you know? And we'll fist bump each other, and we'll jump up, you know? And you know, and you guys who like watching soccer at 2 a.m. in the morning, you will wake up your entire household because your team just scored, and you are on the lounge going, yes! You know, like you are fully excited and everyone's going, what happened out there? What's going on? Oh, sorry, sorry, they scored, right? So so like we know how to celebrate, 
but maybe not so well in the church. We do like Christmases and birthdays. We do that pretty well. Valentine's Day, we adopted that one. I'm not sure why we took on Halloween and not Thanksgiving, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Sorry, Pastor Keith, if you're listening to this on podcast, I don't agree with you. Um, <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're pretty good with that kind of stuff, right? Right? I mean, but how, Aussies like alcohol, and this is a problem. Like, a couple of my, a couple of my friends on Facebook uh, have this, this little post going around, right? And it says, Dear Liver, it's going to be a rough ride till the end of the year. Stay strong, my precious champion. Stay strong. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. Like, you, you're just preparing y- y- your brain to get as drunk as possible because that's the way you celebrate? Or are you just kind of trying to numb the pain of your... No, I won't go there. Okay, so in reality, uh, alcohol consumption in Australia has dropped to levels not seen since the 1960s, which is a massive win. Awesome, awesome. BWS are crying, but everyone else is like, yeah, this is great, <laughs> right? But, but people in Australia, we kind of... It's, it's difficult to find someone, certainly under the age of 30, who can celebrate properly without getting drunk. It's like, we need to learn how to celebrate better, right? There's a fundamental problem here, all right? So let's be real. For genuine kingdom wins, we get a little bit awkward. Like if the front row was silent, you know, like if we declared this huge win and the whole front row was like, you'd be like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 can't, can't actually say anything, no. <laughs> No, right? Right? Well, they get a little bit awkward. And you've seen people do it over the top, right? You've seen some whacked out guy at a conference or something going, yeah, it's the best, you know, and he's like, he's like totally out there. And you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> like, what a weirdo, you know? And everyone's like, so, so we kind of dance between awkward and not that guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's the place that we're trying to live in and we're trying to find out what is socially acceptable for me to celebrate, but not so much that I make a public spectacle of myself. Right? All right, I want to t- let's talk about how to do this well. All right? Because we need to move into a healthy celebration culture. Right? So point number one, I've only got two points because I've only got 25 minutes. Point number one says, is heaven has a culture of celebration. Right? The culture that is in heaven is normalized with celebration. It is normal for, for heaven to celebrate. Right? And we are here to bring heaven to earth. Right? I remember Pastor Pete McHugh saying, that's the measure of healthy spirituality. Not saying how much scripture do I know, but how much is heaven invading earth through me? Right? So good question to ask yourself, right? Tough question to ask yourself. But like, this is what we're here for. Okay, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? This is what we're here to do. All right, so because heaven is a culture of celebration, that's the accurate measurement. So let's read uh, in Luke chapter 15, there's three parables in a row that Jesus tells and all of them reveal part of heaven's celebration culture. So we're just going to read verses one to seven and it's the, par- the first one is the parable of the lost sheep. 
goes on to the parable of the lost coin. When the woman loses a coin, she finds it. And then the parable of the lost son that we know is the parable of the prodigal son, right? You know the ones. Verse, uh, verse 1 of Luke chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Okay, that's not really relevant to the story, but it's, it's good. Because Jesus is trying to instruct them. He's trying to correct them. He's trying to show them something here. It says, then Jesus told him this parable. Suppose one, of, suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them, which we just sung about tonight, right? Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully, key word there, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Now, it doesn't stop there. He doesn't just joyfully grab the sheep and come home. No, no, no. It's time to celebrate. Because then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. And I tell you, in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Heaven has a culture of celebration. It's normal. Every single time a person accepts Christ, there is a party, a real deal. I'd love to just kind of get a little eye in on what that party looks like. I'd kind of be like, yeah, that's pretty mad. Awesome. Every single time. You know how many people get saved a day across the world? That's a lot of parties. The events coordinator angel in heaven is like frazzled all the time because they're going, now you, you got to clear that room because there's another party coming in there, man. Like seriously, guys, no, the food, keep bringing the food out. Come on, everyone. Like there's so many people getting saved every day. There's like, that guy, he's, 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 he's crazy. When one person is saved, now verse 10 is in the, the end of the parable of the lost coin, right? So I don't have it on screen, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. The parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. One silver coin? <laughs> That's a lot of money. All right. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. I don't know how much the party costs. Is she spending the entire coin to celebrate the finding of it? It kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? I lost my coin. Now I'm going to have a celebration that costs me more than the coin. I don't know. I found my lost coin in the same way I tell you. Listen to this. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Okay? In the presence of of the angels. You know what that says to me? It's not just the angels who are rejoicing. In fact, the, the Word of God says the angels don't really understand salvation. They don't really understand it. So God is having a huge party. He's having a massive celebration. He is celebrating. He is stoked. He is causing everyone around him, all the angels, to be like, this is a good day. And that happens so many times a day. 
I, um, I got a request uh, last weekend to see a guy this week. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. It was a, a friend from uh, one of our Northwest guys. And he said, oh, yeah, come and can you, can you catch up with him? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. He's going through a rough time. I'm like, yeah, no worries. So I can't really share much uh, what, what's happening. But anyway, we're sitting down in, uh, at One Tree Coffee at... Um, at Charlestown, sorry Tim, I know I went back to One Tree again. Uh, I know you've warned me about the coffee there, but it is very convenient. Um, and, and very cheap on a Tuesday, if you, if you order via the app, you get coffees for $2. So like, $2 on Tuesday, everyone's getting cheap coffee. Anyway, anyway. See me celebrating cheap coffee? See, I'm celebrating cheap coffee, and then, anyway, anyway. So, so I meet with this guy, and it was, it was great. It was great, and he's pretty broken pretty broken. Um, several times, really close to tears, <coughs> sharing with me, you know, his history and, he, and, and, and what, he, what he's hoping for and his, his future and his, his immediate future. Um, and just done really hard yards the last few years. Um, so I got to talk to him about how much God loves him. Wow. You know, I'm like, well, like God is, he loves you. And the more I talked about the love of God, the more his eyes were welling up. It was really powerful. And um, so I, I just walked him through the gospel. You know, I just talked to him about Jesus and, you know, God, Jesus came to earth for you. Like, and this is the point. The point is that you'd have a relationship with God and, you know, and uh, he's like, I don't know about everything. And I said to him, look, you don't have to have all the answers you don't even have to know everything that you need to know, that you think you need to know. This is just a re really a, a step of trust. It's just you saying, I'm, I'm just going to trust you, God. And he goes, well, I've got nothing else to go on, so I've got nothing else to do. I may as well. And I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So I prayed for him at One Tree Coffee in the middle of Charlestown Square behind some big pylon thing and going into the ceiling. We're kind of hiding and not hiding. Uh, and I just led him to Christ. And it was this great moment of, you know, and I said, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel really good right now. He said, I said, I, I can't guarantee you that all the things that you're hoping for in your life, you know, his family came back together, all kinds of stuff. I said, I can't guarantee you that those things are going to happen, but I can guarantee you that you'll never be alone again. And he's like crying and I'm like, oh, hold it together, man, hold it together, you know. And I was like, whoa, this, this is what it's about, you know. And at that moment, he heaven was celebrating, right, you know. And now what's your response to that? What's your response to that story? Because some of you are like, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, good. Some of us are going, it's just the first step, you know, Pastor Darren. Is, is, is he saved or is he just in the process of salvation? Is, is salvation an event or is salvation an Andrew Ude? What do you think, mate? I mean, you know, like, you know. Some of us can't get past the analysis into the point of celebrating. Right? Right? There you go, tweet that. <laughs> Just because you can't see the end, you, 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 who knows what's gonna happen? Right. I don't know what's gonna happen, 
but I know that I can celebrate with heaven right now. I know that there's something to rejoice for. There's something to celebrate. So why would I miss that moment and get caught up in a what if that hasn't happened? You know, people say to us like, oh, your kids are teenagers now. Oh dear, oh goodness. Oh, you're up for some hard yards. And I think, I'm thinking, yeah, we've done a few things, you know, but they're okay. I'm not going to accept your, your estimation of, of the future just because you had a hard time. You're right? Like, why, why, do we, why do we rob ourselves of joy now because we're too busy analysing what could possibly go wrong? Because heaven's rejoicing and we're all sitting here going, oh, it's just the start. You never know what happens tomorrow. What did Jesus say? Don't worry about tomorrow. You know, each day's got enough trouble of its own. Celebrate now, damn it. That's, that's, Darren's, that's Darren's paraphrased version, right? I don't know if I can say that from the pulpit, but... but but some people aren't here, so. <laughs> so, so, so heaven, heaven celebrates and we, we dissect and pull apart. Why do we do that? I'm feeling pretty fancy free tonight. What if, what if we just decided to join in heaven's party? You know, without making a fool of, of ourselves, right? You know, like without being immature or silly about it, you know, staying in the realm of, of the authentic and the real. What if every time we heard some of someone's breakthrough, we were genuinely like, oh, that's awesome. You know, what if we weren't silent? What if there was a little bit too much happiness in the house of God? Would that be a bad thing? If we just chose to be joyful with someone else who's, you know, you know what I used to think? You know, rejoice with those who rejoice. You know what it says after that? Mourn with those who mourn. So I'd be like, I don't want to rejoice with them. They should be mourning with me. Get stuffed. I'm going through a hard time. Well, maybe instead of just being stuck in my little box of unhappiness, maybe I just need to celebrate their win. Celebrate with them. You know, uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, the moment that you're willing to, re- to rejoice with someone who's doing better than you, that's the moment you're ready to go to the next level where they are. Right? Anyway. 14 decisions over the month of November. Okay. Let's, let's try it again, right? 14 decisions. 14 people made a decision to follow Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. See, that's not inauthentic. A little bit of inauthenticity out the back there. A little bit too far. A little bit too far. You know. But you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's good. Like, like, you don't have to be quiet. You don't have to be, you know, like conservative Christian, like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You don't have to work on your double chin, hmm, hmm, while you're celebrating, all right? 
like, because, because, and we'll talk about this tonight. I don't have any time, but, (laughs) right? I mean, this morning at Northwest, four children made a decision to follow Christ. Right. It's good. See, see what happens when you properly celebrate, the people around you are drawn in. It's true. It's because celebration isn't about one person. Celebration's about the community. Celebration pulls everybody into it. And now all of a sudden, people around us are going, that's important. Right? People who don't have a good theology or understanding of what it means for one person to make a decision to follow Christ, regardless of where they're at, regardless of what's in their future. When we celebrate properly, other people go, that's a priority. When we don't celebrate properly, people go, oh, what, 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 is, what is a priority? What is a priority around here? And then what ends up being the priority is the party that you went to last night. You know, or the other thing that's going on, or your favourite sports team. Yay, sports, right? Which is awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm into my sports team. I'm into the Rockets. But that's not actually what's most important in this life. The thing that I should be celebrating is when people are getting breakthroughs and wins and coming to Christ, right? When someone, when someone gets a revelation and goes, oh my goodness, God just showed me this. That's fantastic. That's massive, right? We're at a, we're at a wedding last night. It was fun. It was fun. There was a lot of dancing. Not much by me, but a lot of dancing. You know, I, I, and I joined for a little while and then, you know, I do the, I do the hitch thing, right? So this is, the, this is where I live, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. None of, none of that crazy, you know, behind the scenes stuff. No, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm safe. I'm a safe dancer guy, right? Uh, and there's a lot of people doing some crazy dancing and I'm like, this is good. But what, what, it, what it depicted was some really genuine joy. There was, there, was, there was genuine joy. The father of the bride, you couldn't get him off the dance floor. He's just like, oh no, the guy can't dance to save his life. He was awesome. He's like, ooh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? He can dance better than me. So, so that was all right. Right? So we'll dance, out, we'll dance our hearts out at a wedding or at a concert, unless there's grumpy people behind you. Right? But when someone gets a little too excited in church, we're all like, oh, that's weird. What's going on there? Like, don't get too excited. This is, this is church. You know? When was the last time you really danced? Like, really danced. Like, free. Like, you were like, woo, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> now I'm going to ask you a really awkward question. It's going to sound really weird. Like, really weird. When was the last time you danced before the Lord? Because David did. It says David danced with all his might. And you know what he was wearing? His underwear. That's it. David is dancing with all his might in front of the entire nation of Israel in his underpants. He's just got his bonds on. That's it. To the point where he gets back home after the celebration of the, of the Ark of the Covenant coming back. He gets home and you know what his wife says to him? Is it M- M- Michelle? 
I don't know. M-I-C-H-A-L. Mikhail. I don't know. Mikhail. And she says, she says to him, that's it. That's right, man. You, you teach me. You teach me well. And she says, oh, how the king of Israel has embarrassed himself in front of all the servant girls today. And you know what happens to her? She becomes barren. For the rest of her life, never bears a child. Because she made fun of someone celebrating. Danger. When someone's genuinely celebrating God, watch watch yourself. Just be careful. Because the moment you jump into that space of criticism and analysis and judgment... It's just un- really, it's an unhealthy place to be, you know. When was the last time you danced before the Lord and it wasn't like at a wedding and you weren't like in the middle of the circle and everyone's around cheering you on? That's not really dancing before the Lord. That's dancing to show off my cool moves, <laughs> of which I don't have any. Hence, I never went into the middle because you don't want that. So I thought we might get up. No, I'm just kidding. No. I don't have any like, I don't have any like, any like dancers in the wings here. I don't, I don't have any, anything. I, I do, however, I do, however, love to dance, right? I love to move and shake it, you know, like, do stupid stuff in my house. I love to completely embarrass my children. And I'm really going to lean on that more and more in the future. That's, that's really what I plan to do. Right, you know, like I just love to to, to move in the like I, lo- I like to dance. You know why I'm washing up? Do you do that? You, do you dance while you're washing up? There's not nothing else to do. It's the most boring thing in the world, and I am the worst at Fortnite dances. You know, my boys will be doing it, and I'll be like, and they'll be like, they will laugh until they cry because they're watching me do dumb Fortnite dances. But that's okay. But like this morning, this morning at Northwest, the worship team is going off and the worship just kept elevating. And I kept getting pulled into this new place of this higher zone of worship. And it was like, my voice isn't enough anymore. It's like, I need to, and I felt my feet moving and I felt them like, I felt my, I felt this like being self-conscious you know, of all the people looking at me like, don't start moving your feet, Pastor Darren, because you, you, you know that ends bad. You know, you know that's not going to end well. But I'm just like, I'm moving, you know, like the Pentecostals, they had the, they, you, know, like, you know, like they were doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we laugh and we laugh, but we don't do it anymore. And what have we replaced it with? Like, like, like we don't dance anymore. Now, I'm not saying, you know, as of next Sunday, I want to see some of you dancing. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, like, let's, let's, let's go to places that are maybe a little bit uncomfortable, not, not to put the spotlight on ourselves, but to explore new ways of worship, right? To pull people into this experience of joy that we are having because God is good. You don't even have to hear a good testimony. God is good. 
He saved your soul. He forgave your sin. Christ died for you. That's enough to go, oh, yes. And sometimes it just takes a few songs for you to warm up so you can be like, oh, man, this is so good. You know, sometimes all we do is this. Yeah, 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 look at me dancing. I'm dancing so well right now. Like, let's, let's explore. Let's go somewhere. Let's do this together. David danced with all his might. I'm up to point two. I don't know if that's a bad thing, given that I'm 18 minutes over time. No. Um, last thing I want to say then is just, what we don't want to lose is our faith culture and the same element. Because I think we do this really, really well. But there is a downside to it. Um, we have a positive culture in our church that is geared towards um, turning up, personal transformation, being a person of faith, right? A person of passion, right? Passion will cause you to turn up, right? If, you, if you're passionate for God, you'll turn up. So what we're trying to do is paint a picture of, of what we have coming up so that your passion will be stirred so you'll turn up because it's good for you, right? But the other side of this faith culture that we've created is that we have an oversaturated excitement culture where everything is a must-attend event, where everything is important, where everything is essential. And, 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 and that's actually not true. But what we're also fighting is this massively saturated ad culture in the world, right? Do you know how many advertisements will come across your eyes on a daily basis? It's between four and 5,000 every single day. It used to be 500, like 30 years ago. And now it's between four and 5,000 ads a day. And no ad is trying to sell you something terrible. They all are trying to sell you something awesome because you need this thing in your life. You need to go to this electrician and this hairdresser and buy this product. You need to do all these things. Thomas and I were driving to Charlestown the other day and I said, how many ads do you reckon we can find in like eight minutes? He's like, I don't know. We found 72 advertisements in an eight minute drive. And I wasn't really looking that hard. I was just kind of cruising. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We just kind of added it up. So the world is desensitizing us to what is actually really good. Because everything is not that good. Not every product on TV is as good as it says it is. Right? Not everything that you'll see is as awesome as it proclaims. And so we have this desensitization to genuine God movements that are good, that are significant. So that's why we gotta bring back a, a strong celebration culture, but not lose our faith culture, not lose this, you know, we gotta partner these things together, you know? So every, you, you're gonna keep hearing really positive stuff from this platform, right? Because we're not gonna, you know, I was joking around, babe, you know, a few, few weeks ago, and I'm like, this is presence conference epic. Like this is presence conference level excitement. 
you know? It's like we don't have an excitement gauge on, 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 the, on the things that we're doing because everything's amazing. Because it is. But if everything's amazing, then what does Dash say in, in The Incredibles 1? Well, if everyone's special, then no one is. <laughs> right? But that's not true. We, we, we pray and we seek God and we create uh, events and a pathway forward for our church so that people will find Christ and grow and be connected and feel a part of something and, and, and discover God in new and more powerful ways. And, and it is all good. And the world's trying to sell you everything else. And some of it's, all, some of it's good. Some of it's all right. But there's nothing, like we've got to gauge the levels here, but there is nothing, nothing else on this, in this earth like a person coming to Christ or a person stepping forward in their relationship with God, a person deciding to come to church when they don't know anyone there. I'm always so impressed by visitors who just rock up. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know anyone. And I'm like, you're amazing. You know, person who accepts Christ and, and still comes back the second week. That's amazing. We've got to find clarity on what truly needs to be celebrated. And then we're going to pull everyone in that direction and say, let's celebrate with heaven. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.